But there's a logic of the cross that the Apostle Paul brings by deep revelation of this giving of his son. And it says in Romans 8, I think it's verse 32, it says, if he loved us enough to give us his only begotten son, how will he not also with him give us all things? If he gave us his only begotten son, not to lay in a manger and evoke sentimental feelings, but to die on the cross in our place. That's He gave Him to do that. And He heard Him cry out, Eloi! Eloi! Lama! Sabachthani! Which interpreted, My God, My God, why hast thou forsaken me? Yes, amen. So he died on the cross without the consolation. You know, in Pilate's hall, he said, My father's always with me. Yes. You can beat me to almost to death, but my father's right here with me. Everybody else left me, but my father yes. is right here holding me. He's amen. right here with me. Amen. But on the cross, the father couldn't console him because he was paying the sin dead in full. So, not just we could be saved, but whosoever will. I, I love that last chapter in the book of Revelation because it's a it's an invitation to salvation. God wouldn't close the book without one last cry call. Let the Spirit say come. Let the church say come. Let, 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 let the bride say come. He, it's always come, come, come unto me. Yeah. I, my invitation at the end of almost every teaching and preaching online is don't run from God, run to Him. Quit yeah. running from Him. He's calling you. Yeah. Run to Him and receive yeah. the gift of grace and love. And as you, Anyway, God is so good. He loves us. That kind of love. He gave him. That's why when the three wise men came, they brought gifts for a king, brought gifts for a prince, gold, frankincense. Uh-oh. Here's one that doesn't fit. Myrrh. Myrrh. That that was used to really pack bodies for burial. It's like going to a going to a baby shower and bringing a, a, a ticket for a coffin and a pre-paid funeral. What a gift to give someone saying your child is, 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 is going to grow up but he's going to be killed. Uh, so the, they had a revelation of not just the fact that a king was born but that a redeemer who would become a sacrifice for sin and he would lay down his life. And they had that. This king had it. They, 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 they had a revelation of not just the fact that he came, but they had a revelation of why he came. Yeah. I've often heard that song, Who Am I That a King Would Bleed and Die For? And it just It's a great song. It's true. But it wasn't just a king dying for us. It wasn't just a high-ranking human being of the highest rank and we're just nobodies and look, this great king died for us. No, it's beyond that. It's so far beyond that. To wit, God was in Jesus Christ. 
Reconciling the world to Himself. God was in Jesus Christ. One of the great great preachers of old. He was, and, and I think he was a hymn writer as well, but as I remember, he said, when I saw that, he said, I, I couldn't contain it. I couldn't take it in. He said, God finding a way. God my Creator. God my Judge God, the Creator of heaven and earth and me and everything that's in it, loved me enough to find a way to save me in spite of my sin when I deserve judgment. God found a way through His Son, the second person of the Godhead, Jesus Christ, to die for me. My God dying for me? I mean, God can't die. Jesus' spirit didn't die, but that body died and felt all the pain and all the agony. And He died as a man forsaken. We'll never experience that as Christians. We'll never die. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll go with you all the way, even to the end of the age. But Jesus died. As a man forsaken of God. That's why the gospel in the old covenant, Isaiah 53, they call it the gospel. Uh, they didn't know anything about crucifixion. It was a Roman thing. It was a pagan thing. And, and the Jews knew nothing about it. And yet you have a vivid picture of a man being nailed to a cross. His, his hands being pierced and bore through is one of the words that is used. He was wounded. When we saw Him, who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? When we saw Him, where? On the cross being punished like that. There was nothing that we should desire Him. We see the beauty, but the cross was ugly. It was awful. It was hideous. It was horrible that a human being could be... be Put it, put on, bore through. When I when I when I worked with a bivocational for twelve years, we had to cleanse our hands, work with food stuff, and we found out that the hand wasn't just the palm. The hand began with the wrist, so you don't just wash out here. You start washing up here, and when it said his hands were nailed. When they nailed the hand, it would tear through. The weight when he dropped down, it would tear through. And so, but right here where it connects is considered part of the hand. And there's a bone right across there, and that's where they put it. You see it here because we don't understand crucifixion. We've never seen it. But the doctors understand where they put it. And they put it right here because you can, you can slump down and in his feet, he had to push up to get a breath. And when he sunk down, his rib cage compressed, and he's asphyxiating. So he, he can't breathe. His weight is on his feet. His, he's pushed in like this. He has to push up, regardless of the pain it causes. His back had been given all of those stripes. And it's against a rough wooden cross. So when he pushes up, 
But I had to be morbid, but I just, I just want to love him for that. Amen. I, I, I just, I, I just want to love him back. Amen. I, I, I don't want to just serve him robotically. The word says, the word says. I want to serve him because I have a heart to love him back for loving me. Amen. And you know, if I love him back for loving me, I fulfill all the law. Yeah. <laughs> and all and I love people like he loves them. I fulfill all the law. Without the law, the Gentiles doing by nature. Paul said, I want to provoke the Jews to jealousy because there are Gentiles doing by nature that, that's contained. When did that occur? We're by nature initially the children of wrath even as others we deserve judgment because we're all sinful and rebellious and hard-hearted and Mm hard-headed me too (laughs) not you too you thought you were going to get all the attention amen 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 Amen. Amen. but he loved us enough to give his only begotten son amen that whosoever believed. Shepherds. The significance of the shepherds. It wasn't winter, probably. We like the winter thing, and that's not really that important. But it could have been winter because the shepherds he appeared to were not just your general shepherds. He appeared to shepherds who they brought the lambs to be sacrificed, and they kept them corralled. And they were the shepherds that watched over them until they could be taken to be sacrificed. He came, the angels came to shepherds watching over lambs to be sacrificed. Once again, telling us why He gave His Son. Not just to lay in the manger and look so pure and sweet. What is it? Precious Jesus, so sweet and mild. He was. But He didn't come here to lay there and and by His purity draw people together. and No, He came to pay a sin debt. That was His mission. And He accomplished it at the cross. And while demons danced, Amen, God had a plan. (laughs) Glory to God. While the devil celebrated, God had a plan. And and the Bible said if the princes of this world, I'm just talking about the political people with the power to put him on, take him off. He said, you couldn't have any power if my father didn't allow you to have it. I have the power to lay down my life. And I have the power to take it up again. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. It looks like it is the worst defeat in the history of the world and the universe. When in fact it was God's plan. Amen. It actually said it pleased God. Yeah. Crushing. Yeah. <laughs> How can that be? Because of a love of God for fallen men and women like you and me. Yeah. That he said through this sacrifice, there's going to be a way to save these people who cannot ever hope to save themselves. Yeah. But I'm going I love them enough. To find a way to save them from their self and from their sin and from Satan. Hallelujah. Amen. What a God we serve Amen. today. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I, the first love, we need to keep falling in love again with Him. Amen. Every time we visit the cross. I felt that this morning. It wasn't a dancing, shouting song, but it was tugging at my heart. 
every time I see the cross, I see grace and I see love reaching for me. And I just want to love Him back. Amen. I want to serve Him like I served Him when, when I got up the next morning after realizing I once was lost, but now I'm found. Amazing grace <laughs> that saved a wretch like me. How can it be? Amazing love, how can it be that thou, my King, would die for me? Beyond that, the deeper revelation, amazing love, how can it be that that, my God, not that He ceased to be, He can't. He's a spirit. He's eternal. And, and But in Christ, to wit, God was in Jesus Christ. Reconciled. Where did that occur? It occurred at the cross. It occurred on the cross. That God would love us enough. So Paul said, listen. Romans 8.32, he said, listen. He said, if He loved us enough to give us His only begotten Son, how will He not also with Him freely give us all things? Amen. We should never doubt that God loves us enough to answer every prayer that is in accordance with His will. He's already made a provision for us. He hath given us all things that pertain to life. Everything we we need to, to live a fulfilling life here and a, and a life that pleases Him here. He has put that in place through Jesus' sacrifice and the coming of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. And godliness. That, that pleases Him. He's give us what we need. If we can serve God effectively, we can walk. We can't be perfect, but we can be perfectly committed to follow Jesus. Amen. Can you say amen? amen. We, can, we can love Him enough to deny ourselves, our old selfish ways and flesh, and take up our cross, put the flesh on the cross, crucifying the flesh and the lust thereof is taking up the cross. It's not being criticized and buried up. Because that's just the poor old me's. And that's a, your flesh ain't on the cross if you've got the poor old me's. You're just feeling sorry for yourself because the world won't hug you. <laughs> well, the world ain't going to hug you. You ought to wear, you ought to wear persecution as a badge of authenticity because all those that live godly shall suffer persecution. If they hated me, they're going to hate you. I'm doing that for the sake of Brother Costello, who isn't here today from New Jersey or wherever up north. He's a northerner. Amen. <laughs> and and uh, when he closes something, when he writes us something back on Facebook, my wife has all that that I read it. But uh, he says, I love you guys. And he capitalizes the use because he knows that's, uh, that's northern talk. Amen. <laughs> Amen. We put it back. We love y'all too. <laughs> That's southern talk, right? <laughs> Praise God. It, it, it's, it's a joy to serve the Lord. It's a it's a it's a pleasure to serve God. It's a it's an opportunity to do here something He won't need there. Amen. He He, he won't need us to be for Him and to Him what He needs us to be here and now in our generation. Amen. So temple shepherds, say temple shepherds. Remember that this year, not just any shepherds. The angels chose temple shepherds because they were keeping the lambs and clothes that were to be offered without spot, without blemish, 
So he says, go tell them because what was being born, who was being born in that manger was the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God. A sacrifice without spot and blemished God was giving on that Christmas day. I know it's not Christmas yet, but this is about Jesus. This is about God's love, God's grace, God's mercy. That you know, I, I read that scripture and I've seen a lot of people witness and you know, buttonhole people and they almost won't get out of their face and they almost get saved to get rid of them. So they really don't get saved, you know, and it looks like it's boldness and aggressive witness, but it really isn't. It doesn't do no man can come to me except my father draw. And if he's not drawing, then our witness is going to be ineffective. As bold as we may be and as as as, as sincere as we may be. Uh, it takes the Holy Spirit. That's his office. When he comes, he will convince the world of sin and of righteousness. That word convince is convict in the Greek. He brings the conviction and God makes the appointments that we we connect with that person that God is dealing with. And then it comes out of here. It don't have to come from all the stuff, the Roman roads. You need that, but it doesn't really come from just here. It comes from here because Holy Spirit knows I've been working on them. Amen. <laughs> Not just you, but all of us, okay? <laughs> Big dog done bit you. He's going to bite us this morning. <laughs> I love that. She blessed my soul. She said, Brother Bill, I listened to that sermon and said, God put the big dog on me. <laughs> I said, well, hallelujah. Amen. He's washing us with water by the Word. He's re- re- helping us to rekindle the first love. That, that sweetheart love. That passionate love. That burning bright love for Him once again. Temple shepherds, the poor temple shepherds, angels, I tell them unto you this night, is born a Savior. Unto you, temple shepherds, sheep. Everything was precise. Everything was precision. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. This shall be a sign unto you. A virgin shall conceive. Amen. And bring forth a child. Hallelujah. It, it all falls into place. The, the manger, the manger. I, I love, I love those mangers. They, they're, they're, they're beautiful. They're, they light them up. And I love the little church in Plant City. And now they sold the land in some big, big hospital annex or something from some hospital. But it was a little church, and they didn't have a lot of money to do some big Christmas thing. But they had a little, little. Uh, enclosure, and they had you know Jesus, and they had uh, uh, they had Joseph and Mary, and they had uh, a manger, you know, this beautiful thing with pristine hay in it. And but what they did, they t- they just something Doug could do and would do, you know, they took a cross out of wood, just plain wood, no no paint or nothing, and they laid it in front of it sideways like this, propped. And they put a, a light to shine on the cross. And the shadow of the cross was over the entire manger scene. And I think that's what we forget in 
And that was that was powerful to me because I've seen all kinds of elaborate manger scenes and they're all sentimentally stimulating. But when you see the shadow of the cross over it and you see the temple shepherds, the angel said, a Savior's given to you, but it's, it's, He's not going to save you by leaving in a beautiful little manger and growing up and being sweet and kind and a good teacher. Well, he's going to save you because He's here to go there. Amen. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross where the dearest and best praise God. That's how love stays strong for Jesus during the falling away. We're in the falling away. And the only thing that will keep us close is not our resolve to stay close in and of itself. It's the love for Him. Loving Him back for loving us. That will keep us close to God during the falling away. Praise God. There are some folks that are not going to fall away. There are some folks that are going to draw closer to Him. Amen. And it's going to be this that brings them closer. Now I could... I I did bring my Bible. In order to stick, get you, get everybody to serve him with absolute commitment and resolve. Let's see, I can whack Sherry. I can whack that right where the dog bit her. Amen. And I can whack all of us, and I can whack myself. And you know something? Everything in here about how dedicated and committed we should be to God is absolutely true, and that. God makes no apology for it. But He didn't just give us a command. He gave us His Son. Amen. And we love it. Because. Temple shepherds, they got it. A Savior. Pure. Little lamps. Waiting. I, I worked for Tampa Electric. We went out to, it used to be Likes Brothers. I think they moved that plant. Mm-hmm. Cattle were being brought in and put in a chute. They were going in to be slaughtered. There was a sense we were right next door working on the lines. And I could hear the braying. They were not being harmed. They were just being herded. They've been herded a lot of times. But there was a sense. They sensed. If you went in that temple where they were offering sacrifices, the types and foreshadows and antitypes of Jesus, there would be that sense of death. The smell of blood. The brain of animals being slain. When we were in Haiti, when we were in Jamaica, they they had they had a, a, a after the s- services that we held and I was part of, they brought a they brought a young goat. They hung it upside down by its legs because we're going to have a meal and they're going to cook it and they're going to make goat belly soup. First time I'd ever. They don't waste things in countries that so you know. I, I goat belly soup. I never had goat belly soup, and 
and but they even take the belly part and you know and and cut it up and use it in making soup. And they gave me a, a it was a, a, a one of those like coffee cups, styrofoam, and you just kind of drink it. And there's things down in there. I don't know what, all, but there's things. And I saw a thing floating, and I I just decided I'm I'm going to see what kind of thing this is because the broth was very tasty. You know, they use a lot of curry, and that covers up a whole lot of things. And and so I pulled the thing out, and it was a teat. You know, it's a female goat, and there's a little teat in there. And being the compassionate missionary-minded, loving man that I was. There's a little boy there looking up at my cup. And I gave him. I gave him my cup of goat belly soup. I said, here, son, you drink this. You look hungry to me. He said, thank you, son. He's drinking that thing and gnawing on that teeth. Anyway. God is good today. The Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. The manger. The word, actually, word manger. A flat, either stone or wooden, just, just flat. High enough for the animals to come and get whatever they dump on it. It wasn't like this. It wasn't with hay. It was flat. There were flies. There was. It, it, it was. It was an awful, smelly, unsanitary place. Jesus came into a world putrid with sin. He left a pure throne in heaven to come into a fallen world. Amen full of fallen men and women. And He came into that world. So all of these sentimental things are out the window now. This is not... There's there's a smell of death. There's the sense. So, you know, I, I almost had to close my ears. I could hear the... I hear the braying of those cattle. They knew. They had a sense of impending doom. They knew. I'm going... To my death. Yeah. I remember reading about a man who had visited the Holy Lands and the lands around where sheep were actually raised, Philip Keller. And he was he was an intellectual. He had a PhD in some areas, but he decided to retire from all of that and go off and raise sheep. And he made commentaries on the 23rd Psalm that just Changes everything. I mean, because he's talking, to, he's seeing it from an actual shepherd's point of view, and instead of trying to interpret it as something else. And and what an insight! And, and he said he walked up to a man, and, and he said when he was just getting started as a sheep farmer, I guess you would call him. He walked up to a man. He says, "This fellow up here, he's he he he's dragging." That sheep right there. I thought the sheep were supposed to follow the shepherd. He's pulling on him. He's dragging him and he's hitting him to get him to come. He said, that don't fit what I pictured sheep. 
So he said, oh, he's not a shepherd. He's not a shepherd. He's a butcher. He's bought that sheep to slaughter, to sell the meat. And the sheep knew, this is not my shepherd. This is my executioner. I don't want to go where he's going to take me. I don't want to go. You know what Jesus said in the garden? If there's any other way. If there's any other way. Let this cup pass from me. First saw that I thought, it's pain. What he's about to go through, he knows it's coming. He senses it. His sweat became as great drops of blood. Said his soul was sorrowful unto death. He was so overcome. Father, oh, oh, by the way, his, his intimacy with his father was so pure in the garden. He prefaced father with Abba. He said, Abba, Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. But watch the Lamb. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will be done. It's striking to me that the Scripture goes on to say for the joy that was set before Him. He endured the cross, despising not just the pain, but the shame. He that knew never knew no sin was going to become sin typically. He never sinned. But He was treated as a sinner when He took our sins upon Himself. Remember the scapegoat in the Old Testament? There was the scapegoat, a type of Christ, not just a lamb. The scapegoat, they literally came and they put their hands on His head. There's that transfer. My sin is on Him. My sin is on Him. That's where we get the word scapegoat. Someone that, that, that you know, is, is maybe innocent, but, but the, they're, they had to have a scapegoat. Somebody's got to be punished, so let's put it on Him. They put their hand. Everyone come and put their hand upon the head of that goat. And then, because that goat is now the bearer, a sin bearer of their sins, they begin to hurl insults. They begin to hit, throw rocks at it. It didn't do nothing. It was the scapegoat. What they do at the foot of the cross? If you're the Son of God, come down. Say what the what the thief, one of the thieves say. You, you know, if you're the Son of God, save yourself and save us. Mm-hmm. And, and it said they sat down and watched him. They got sick pleasure out of watching him die. They didn't understand the love that was being displayed, the mercy that was being granted. Then they take the scapegoat. And they got a strong man, like an Olympic runner, if you please, full of stamina, and said, take him, where? Take him into the wilderness. Take him so far. There's all kinds of predators for a 
goat alone in, in that land. Lions, bears, wolves. And on top of that, take him so far that he could never, ever find his way back. He's going to die alone. Because he's a scapegoat. And our sins are upon him and he's bore them away. Wow. But what did God say would be fulfilled on the cross? As it is written, <laughs> new covenant, as it is written, I will cast their sins away from them. As far as the east is from the west, and their sins will I remember no more. That goat is not coming back. Now, I still feel sorry for the goat, but I, I'm glad he ain't coming back and bringing all that that God has forgiven me for. And Cherie said, Amen. Aren't you glad he's not coming? Those sins are gone. Thank God they're gone. The devil may try to remind us of it, but they're gone. Their sins will I remember no more. But I can't help but feel for the animal. Even for the animal that gives a type of Christ that an animal would be treated like that because it's our sins. We should be judged, but that animal's taken it. They actually beat the animal, hurled insults, took him into the wilderness, left him alone. The runner came back, zigzag pattern, and he'd never make it back again. He bore away their sins. He bore, surely he bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. When we saw Him on the cross, beat like He was and bloody like He was and dying like He was and suffering like He was, there was nothing we should desire. It was repulsive to look at Him. So He must have done something terribly wrong for God to allow Him to suffer like this. Whoever He is, whatever He's done, we did consider Him smitten stricken of God and afflicted. But surely He bore our sins. He was wounded for our transgression. Bruised for our iniquity. Chastisement of our peace was upon Him with His stripes. We are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. But God hath laid on Him the iniquity of us all. Therefore I will appoint Him a portion with the great. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to go beyond a portion with the great. I'm going to put Him on top of the pile. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Can't nobody. Whew. Amen. Don't get me started. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm going to need more room than this. If I start running in here, that good will going to come out and bite me. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's why I love Him. That's why we ought to serve Him with all that we are. Everything that we have and everything that we are. So they had to scrape all of that mess off of the manger. Manger means flat table. Flat table. So it changes 
the whole narrative. It makes it all look different. It's not sweet. It's not pure. It's ugly. It's stained. It's stinking. They had to lay a blanket over that and they had to lay him up on that. Type and foreshadow. He that knew no sin that lived in the purity of heaven came down in the putridness of this old fallen, hateful being world. Amen. He could have stayed there, but He came. God gave Him, and He came. Hallelujah. And went to the cross, and He stayed on it. He stayed on it. They were prodding Him. You know, you can if you're who you say you are with the power you say you have, you can come off of here and you can save us and save yourself. But he stayed on it. He stayed on it until he could push up, take a breath. And everything was whispered from someone who couldn't hardly speak because of the asphyxiation and the pain. Scholars tell us that it is believed that when he said it is finished, it was like a lion's roar. It wasn't that weak dying lamb anymore. Because the moment that happened, <laughs> hallelujah, the devil didn't know it, but <laughs> they could ship his saddle back. Can you say amen? As they say out with, amen. The greatest, greatest defeat that could ever be granted to the enemy of our soul is when Jesus, because if the princes of this world had known God's plan to save us, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm not talking about the politicians. You know, that, that, oh, we respect Him. Now we understand He's the Son of God. We wouldn't touch Him. No, these were, these were principalities. These were, these were demon powers. These were the devil's cohorts. And if they knew His plan, they said, boy, we don't want nobody to hurt Him. <laughs> when, his blood, when His blood is shed, amen, the jig is up for us. <laughs> and all the people that we hold in bondage can be set free if they choose to come to Jesus. So if the princes of this world, those fallen angels and fallen entities, if they knew God's plan of salvation. They knew what Jesus was doing on that cross. They would never let Him get to the cross. Can you say that? Hallelujah. Praise God for victory today. They didn't know. The disciples didn't know. Hallelujah. But God knew. And Jesus knew. Amen. And so scholars tell us, and I believe it's true, that, that He didn't whisper almost dead when He said, all of his talking was out of a man that couldn't hardly breathe until it was accomplished. And he knew right then and there, hallelujah, the sin debt is paid in full right now for them that will come to Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Tetelestri! He gave up the ghost. It's finished. Hallelujah. It's a done deal. And it can't be undone. Glory be to God. Is He worthy? Is He worthy today? Is He worthy? He is. Praise God. 